Good morning. Let me say this. He said the Lord is interesting, interested. <laughs> he is interesting too. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> He's interested in opening up realms of life and creativity. He's interested in opening up the depths of himself to his people. He's not interested in having to resist something in us just because we're a little proud. He wants to open something up for us. He really does. And so already this morning uh, in prayer, and then me and Chris were just talking, I mean Steve and the people here were just talking, there's something that he wants to open up. There's something that God wants to do that might feel a little bit different than normal. Anyone okay with feeling a little different than normal? Like, I'll be honest with you right now. <laughs> the way I've felt for the last month or so hasn't been great. Only because I can feel the shift inside of myself. And anytime that there's a shift, I'll say this briefly, because I want to talk about this fully later, but let's talk about golf for one second. And let's say I, I swing, I go golfing 50 times in a row. And then someone walks up to me and says, hey, you can add 25 yards to your swing. Guard could walk up to me and say this. And if you just do this, and I try it once, and I'm like, it feels weird. I don't like that feeling of being weird like that. So I'm going to go back to the thing that felt good. I'm going to go back to the thing that felt fine and just not have the 25 yards. Well, anyone that's a little bit serious about golf that actually wants to improve, they're going to trade the feeling of they're going to trade the 25 yards for feeling awkward just for a little while because it's going to feel better in a little bit. It just has to change. And so the Lord's brought us to a place of saying, guess what? I can add 25 yards to your swing. It's just going to feel a little different for a bit. Is anyone okay with that? If you are okay with that, just go like this so I can see who's listening. Good. I'm okay with that. And so sometimes what we do is we try to make it really comfortable for everyone because it's not nice to feel uncomfortable. It's not great to feel weird. But this morning, I feel that God actually wants to make us feel a little different to say, hey, I want to add something to you, but I need to do it in a way that you're not really used to. I know that's scary. You're like, oh, man, that sounds a little weird. Do we trust the Lord? Do we trust that he wants us to develop beyond where we are? Do we trust that he wants to release something fuller through us on the earth? Then there is a requirement. Then there is a cost. There's something that comes that says, you know what? I need to feel a little bit out of place so that he can do a work in me. So let's rise to our feet. Don't worry about trying to figure out how to do the swing yet. <laughs> Right? Because I know already some people are like, oh, what do I need to do? Give me a list of things to do so I can do it. I know there's some list doers here. I'm not a list doer. In fact, when I see a list, I shrivel up. So maybe I need a list, but some of you don't. <laughs> so whatever the Lord is wanting to do, let's let him do that this morning and see what he does. Amen? Amen. So we're going to actually just see where this goes. Enter your spirit. The things we can do are speaking in tongues. 
We can all do that right now. And we know that that opens something up. So let's engage our spirit and join with what's going to happen as a collective whole this morning. Thank you, Lord. I pray that your grace and your life would be very evident in us this morning. That it would be just flowing through us that even when we feel a little bit out of sorts that you would just reassure us that, hey, we're on the right track. Lord, we thank you for this overwhelming life that you've poured out in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him. So I feel like the Lord is saying to me, will you go barefoot? And um, there's, there's this uh, beautiful idea about walking in the grass barefoot or walking anywhere barefoot. But when you decide to actually step into the grass, you walk on weeds, you walk on thistles, you walk on rocks. There's all these things in the way that actually hurt your feet as you go. And um, I feel like the Lord is saying, you need to take your runners off. And I know that sounds counterproductive, but will you be willing to feel what's under your feet? To feel that, um, because it's an amazing thing to walk barefoot and you know where you are. You can feel it under your feet. But can you um, risk it that you might step on a little rock? or that you might step on a thistle? Will, are you willing to feel the reality of what's actually under your feet rather than just walking over something that you can't necessarily feel or identify where you've been? You've taken those steps, but you don't actually feel it. And I'm not talking about a feeling inside, like a feeling feeling, but um, an awareness. And at the beginning, I was kind of feeling like we were hitting this place where I could sense exactly where we were going. We were climbing. We were walking. And then all of a sudden, I felt like it went slippery, and I was kind of up in the air like, oh, we're, I'm kind of here. And the Lord was like, um, take your shoes off and ground yourself and be aware of every step that you're taking in this way. But don't be afraid of the prickles. Don't be afraid of those things. It means that you actually have to enter in slower. You can't rush in and go to this place where you think you used to go. You actually have to go uh, one step at a time. And he will show you the things that are under your feet that you've never um, been able to identify before. It used to be just like a kind of a bump. Now he's like, oh, this is a rock. And then you're able to, like, step around it. And so I just want to pray, God, that you would show us, um, not show us, you would, well, you would show us, but you would actually help us to remove our shoes. I even see people at the swimming pool, and when you decide to take your shoes off, there's all this gross, nasty germs that you don't know are there. And there's almost like this, ooh, I don't want to do that. Uh, make us willing, God. Make us willing and not afraid. Help us to take our shoes off so that we can go to these real places and that we can feel it and not be afraid of what's under our feet. So we're just going to wait there, God, until you start stirring that up in us. We're just going to wait there and feel that tension right there. We commit, God, to feel that. God, right now I pray that you would open up Revelation pictures Oh, revelation pictures in our minds, if that's what it's going to take to show us where we need to go. I, I see you speaking descriptive imagery right now into our minds. That like a poem, God, you're going to speak to us. You're going to speak to us a picture of this place, God. Us city folk don't know what it's like to run in a field. We don't know what it's like to run in a field. 
I don't have the calluses on my feet anymore to walk in the rocks. And I want to walk in the rocks. And somehow I have joy. I can't explain it, but there's joy in me to want to walk in the rocks and to walk in the prickles and to walk in the grass. Because I want to feel the real you, God. I don't want to just feel where I've been with shoes on. We've got the whole day. We've got the whole day. We have the whole day to press into you. So we choose right now to press into you. And if it takes the whole day for you to shed those things and us to feel that awkwardness of waiting, we'll wait. We will wait, God. Where do we have to go that's greater than you and greater than your presence? Where do we have to go that's greater than you? Where do we have to go? There's nowhere to go that's greater than you in this moment. There is nothing greater. Release your hearts. Release your hearts to the Lord. Release your hearts. Release the desire of your heart right now. Where do you want to be with the Lord? What do you want to see in the Lord? What do you want to feel in the Lord? What do you want to do with the Lord? Release your hearts. See, the Lord has placed something in us that satisfies Him. And only you can do that for Him. He's given you a peace right now that can satisfy Him. And what He's trying to draw out of us right now is, with the taking off the shoes, is that it feels awkward at times. I want to photograph the Lord. I want to photograph Him in His place. I want to take His picture. It's so clear to me right now. But there's something that God has placed in you that he desires to hear from you. He desires that you would release to him. What is that thing? Is it that you're musical and you want to play something for him? Are you a dancer and you want to dance for him? Are you a businessman and you want to generate, generate some sort of business for him? There's something right now in each one of you each one of you, I don't care where you're at or what you've gone through, each one of you has something that will satisfy God that only you can do. And so when we say release your heart to him now, release the very depth of the thing that you love the absolute most and let it come before the Lord and watch what happens in you. Let's go back in. Let's Think about that thing and start to offer it as an offering up to him. I want to do this with you. I'm thinking of my wife and I'm thinking of Wendy. <laughs> so organized, so administrational. Do you want to organize something in the house of the Lord? <laughs> it absolutely anything. Where you are right now, what you desire to do right now, what your passion is right now, is what he desires. God, help us release our hearts. Help us take off our shoes and release our hearts fully to you. I was just standing here by Nathan and he said something that is key. This is our reward. Is that he, we would be able to take the thing that he's placed so deeply inside of us, that, that passion, whatever that is, and that we would get to use that to honor him, to serve him. That's the reward. Because there's no one else on the face of the earth that will be as grateful.
that will share it <laughs> across the world, that will, that will view that thing more, that will cherish it more than him that sits on the throne. It's our great reward. It's my great reward to be able to take his picture. It's my great reward. So don't be afraid of releasing that thing. Don't be afraid of creating that thing before yourself. Allow it to come from the depth of you. Realize that it's your greatest reward. Take our hand. Lead us. Lead us in. Lead us out of captivity. Everyone's invited. Everyone's invited. Come and join with the wind. Come and join with the wind. Everyone's invited. Come and join with the wind. You're all invited. Everyone's invited. Who will accept the invitation? Who will accept the invitation? You're all invited. There's an energy source that never runs dry. Everything we know of the earth is finite. And so sometimes we get filled with this excitement and we try to pour it out. But we reserve something for another time because we think that I have a limited supply of this thing, this substance. Let me say in the kingdom of God, it works the opposite way. When you have more, you get more. Not the other way around. When you have more, you get more. And so you can be full and pour out fully. And then at the end of that whole process, have more than what you started with. We see it through scripture all the time. The feeding of the 5,000. The widow, when she has a jar of oil and it just keeps filling up. These are pictures of what we're meant to operate in all the time. There's a fullness that we're being led into. There's a source we're being taken to as a horse would be taken to water. There's a source greater there's something fuller. There's something that is longer lasting than what we've been running off of to this point. And the Lord is bringing us to that very source. There's a clarity that's in this room right now. And I can see it. I can see further than I normally can. I can see sharper than I normally can see. Lord, I pray that that revelation of clarity and sharpness would now flood into this place. That we might see the fullness. We thank you. We offer you thanks. We gladly accept this gift. 
we gladly accept this reward. We gladly take hold and lay hold of this thing purposed and predestined for us today. We take hold of it. I pray that this would come into our lives and rewrite the operating system that once existed. That there is a fullness far beyond anything we've drawn from before. That there is a great reward far beyond anything we've recognized before. That something is being revealed more than it ever has before. Focus us. Focus us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw us into that. In Jesus' name. Amen. I have an incredible prophetic word burning in me. <laughs> uh, but I want to actually take a second to calm my emotions down. <laughs> so, because <laughs> it actually is really bubbling in me. Um, so rather than giving you just a face full of emotion, <laughs> I'd rather release the word that... So Jackie came up to me in the middle of worship and she said to me, I feel like just for some of us, we're just scared scared to take that next step and it was interesting because at one point I think I heard Lindsay saying you just got to try and I felt like that's one of the key things the Lord was trying to get out today is he's just asking us to try right to go further to go deeper to know more regardless of where we're at some of us are at different stages, but that doesn't matter. All he's asking you to do is wherever you're at in your stage is can you trust him to go a little further? Can you trust him to go a leap, little deeper? Can we push aside that fear, the fear of the unknown, the fear of that next step, the fear of failure, the fear of looking stupid, the fear of whatever? And God is challenging us. Can we take that next step in him? So, Father, I pray that you would help us to take, to take that next step, whatever it is. God, so often we are ruled by our minds, by our emotions, by our fears, by our struggles. Father, right now I pray that you would come in and you would begin to transform our minds and our way of thinking, God. Father, where we hold back because of those fears, those emotions, those things that trigger us the wrong way. Father, our desire is to know you deeper and to go further. And God, if that means pushing past our own boundaries, then help us to do that. Father, help us to push past our own restrictions, those things that get in the way so often. Because our true desire, God, is to know you more, to be more like you, so we can truly be a light in this world. So, Father, have your way in our heart. And Father, today it's no different than a kid taking his first step, that fear that comes in. Father, we too will overcome that fear. 
because we desire to know you more. And so, God, place that within our hearts right now, God, the desire to push past whatever the roadblock is in our mind to know you more. Father, even if it's our sin, our struggles, all those things that so often get, away, get in the way, help us to push past that. Amen. Gord, there's something sitting right here. It's like a little black cloud almost. And it's like, it's not a big deal, but it's sitting there. And it's, it's distracting you from something. And God says he's got it. So let it go. Because he's got it. I don't know what that means. Where's Marie? There's someone in your life right now who you're really, really worried about. I think it's a woman. And you're really, really worried about her. But God's got her. So he's saying, he's got it. You don't need to worry about it. Emma, I know how much you love to be pointed out. So I apologize. But I feel like you're in a season right now where you feel like you're just spinning. You're like, I see you as a giant wheel and you're just spinning. And you're not sure what's going on or you don't know what to make sense of anything. And so you're like going around in circles and around in circles. But God's saying, when you're alone, ask him questions because he can handle it. And if you listen, he's going to tell you some really cool things. Because um, you're not spinning. This season is for a, or it's for a purpose. And um, you're going to learn some stuff. And God's going to show you some stuff in your relationship with him. is going to get stronger, even though you don't see that right now. And just pray and listen. Because he's going to talk to you. Abby? You don't need to perform for God. Yeah, he loves you who you are. Uh, you don't have to do a certain thing to impress him because he loves you for all of who you are. Chase, you're holding on to something, and it's holding you back. Oh, it's an expectation. There's, there's an expectation someone put on you or you've put on yourself, and you're holding on to it, and you think that that you have to live up to that expectation, but God says he has no expectations of you. He loves you for who you are, so whatever expectation someone else or you've put on yourself, let go of that. It doesn't matter. God loves you for who you are. Shaylee, right now you're in a balance between your worshiping gift and your administration gift and you're, you're confused, and you're not sure where you're going or which direction to go, and whether it's one or the other, but God put both of those in you for a purpose and a reason. And people can be really, really good at worshiping, but they can't bring other people with them because they don't know how to be a leader. So God's put administration in you because you're going to be a leader so that you can take people with you as you worship. So it's not one or the other, it's both. John and Jackie, 
there's something inside of you right now, like a tension. There's a tension inside of you, and it's, um, it's just like sitting in the pit of your stomach. And on the outside, you're like all calm and collective, but deep down inside, there's something like, you know when you have an upset stomach, and you're like gurgling? It's like there's a tension inside of you, but God is, he's handling it. It's handled. So just trust him in this season, because it's going to be a season. It's not a, it's not a one-time thing. It's a season. And so he's walking beside you and in front of you and behind you in this season. Nathan, where's your family? Yeah, right now, your family's at different levels. I don't know what that means, whether it's spiritually or what, but you're at different levels, almost. And the next 12 months, you're like, you're right here. But compared to where God is taking you, you're like right here. But over the next 12 months, your family's going to come into such unity, and then you're going to go from here to here. And it's, it's the next 12 months are pivotal for your family right now. So I want to encourage you as a, as a husband and a father and a leader, the leader of your family, to, to just let it happen. Don't fight it, because God's going to take you to places you don't know. And, uh, yeah, the next 12 months. Okay. Amen. <laughs> well, Paul just practically did what we went through of trusting the Lord just a little bit more, right? And that's the way it's going to be, is he's going to challenge the leaders first, is if you're going to preach it, you better do it. And so this is all of our journey of learning to trust the Lord a little bit more and taking those leaps of faith, right? So thank you for that, Paul. Well, clearly there is a prophetic flow going on. And now my deep passion desire is that everyone would enter into that, to that river. And I believe, actually, that everyone can. And Revelation, side note, Revelation 19 talks about the spirit of prophecy as the testimony of Jesus Christ. Has anyone ever testified of Jesus in the earth? Anybody? Then you've prophesied. <laughs> you've actually declared something in the, in the earth. And so I encourage you to practice that very thing. Testify of Jesus wherever you are. You're out, you know, gardening, testify of Jesus. You're out, you know, you're out driving somewhere to go to the grocery store, testify of Jesus. And watch actually what starts to open up prophetically around you. You want a word for someone? You want to give words like that? Well, guess what? You've got to practice at the beginning. And the beginning is to testify of Jesus. When you start to do that, it opens up realms of possibility. It opens up realms that you, know, you might not even believe are actually there, but they're there. And so what happens is on a Sunday like this, something opens up prophetically and people can enter into that. My thing is... What if it wasn't limited to just this time? What if it wasn't limited to just two hours on a Sunday? Well, it isn't. <laughs> Those are my hypotheticals that are like rhetorical questions that actually have an answer. The answer is, it's not limited to that. It's, it's limitless. So you can actually enter into that spirit, to that realm of prophecy, wherever you go. Because the Lord wants you to do something creative. And I've, <laughs> if you've noticed... I've talked about creativity quite a bit recently. Anyone that follows me on Facebook 
knows what's up, right? You seen that shift? Let me just say this one thing, and this is uh, what's going on in my life. I got this word of the create kind of thing, if you know what a hashtag is. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, kind of like it separates a whole page. So if you ever click on one of those hashtags, it'll take you to where everyone has written that thing in their post on whatever social media you're on. Now, the Lord kind of put this create thing in me, and I started, I just wrote it up one night, and I changed everything, and made pictures and stuff, and put this all over. I didn't know this, but Google launched a campaign called Google Create. Google did. This is big. <laughs> so what they were doing, they were taking um, a group of people to actually start to shift and shape the direction of Google in their way that they're touching into social media and other spheres like that, communities. Uh, and they were taking a group of people and they were going to let them start to experiment and give input and help shape the way it was going to go. Anyway, I got invited into that program. I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. It was, it was like, if they're not joking around here. And so I am now part of that whole Google Create thing. And so, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, but... But uh, so what does actually that mean? What is going on with that? What does that have to do with anything spiritual? Well, let me say this, is that the Lord has placed us here to have dominion on the earth. And for the last, you know, while, it's been uh, the spirit of this age's job to remove the dominion and the power that the saints have had and remove it completely and take it away from them once again. See, that's what Satan's job was at the beginning. That's what he wanted to do with Adam and Eve. He realized that they had dominion. And he was jealous and envious of that dominion. So what did he do? He tried to rob it from them. And for a time, that worked. In fact, we're actually born into that dominionless kind of state. And it, but it wasn't the plan of God, clearly. He had a different plan that he wanted people to enter into. And throughout history that we know of God and his working with his people is to restore the dominion that he once, that he promised from the beginning. Restore the dominion that he created us to walk into. Let me just say this, is that our vision of that, this is a side note again, but our vision of that dominion is too small. It's way too small. Right now, all we can think about is being rich. That's it. That's as big as my dominion can stretch. I want to be wealthy. Well, let me say, that is too small. It's way too small. People, I, you know, I started with like the photography kind of gig, and I realized it's too small. Being the best photographer in the world is too small. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying here. It, the dominion that we've walked into this point is not the fullness. He's going to open up something else. In fact, I had a word <laughs> on Friday, uh, a prophetic picture, word, that's been shaking inside of me for some time. But the Lord finally, thankfully, graciously, made it clear for me so I can actually start to talk about it. And the word is, the game has changed. 
The game has changed. See, for so long, we've learned a game, and we've become masters of that thing. The game is checkers. <laughs> we've played checkers for years. We learned all the ins and outs of checkers. We learned how to play checkers, the rules. More so, we learned how to even read our opponents and are able to defeat those things inside of this game's construct. We're really good at it. But the Lord showed me on Friday and has been showing me, which is why it felt weird because there's been a metamorphosis, so to speak, going on inside of me where I've been playing checkers for so long and now he says, I am going to teach you chess. It's the same board, right? Squares, black and white, whatever. Yet everything else about it is different <laughs> other than you're trying to defeat an opponent. And it isn't even really about the strategy that is required in chess. It's about having to learn a whole new skill and become the lowest once again. You see, we're really good at playing checkers. I can crush it. I know how to play that game. But he says, now I want you to actually start to play this game. And this game, you got to start at zero once again. In our lives, that's like the worst thing you could say to someone. If I went up to your business and said, okay, great business, but you're going to toss this one aside and you're going to start something new. Right, Ben? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, you've had this business for 25 years, and you're doing pretty good. You're, actually, you're doing great. Let's say you're doing awesome. Let's say you're like, you're the top. And he says, you know what? Guess what? There's another business I am going to give you that's going to be far greater than what you've had. Well, that's a hard decision, isn't it? How do I give up everything I've had here that I've created, that I've conquered, and start to enter into this new realm. How do I do that? What? That is way too scary. That is way too life-shaking. And so what happens in the spirit is that he teaches us to play a game like checkers. And he says, do this and do it well. And we do it well. You know, it takes years and years and years. For nine years I've been playing checkers. Here, just here. Checkers isn't a bad game. It's a great game. It's an awesome game. It's really fun. I like checkers. Okay. I hope you're connecting the parallel that I'm just using a physical example. You get that? Checkers is a great game. It's, it, was, it was awesome up to a point in our lives. But when I turned like 13, Someone introduced me, and it was actually, this is a true story. Someone introduced me to chess, and it was my uncle. And he was actually really good at chess. And my mind was blown. Wow, this is way different. What do you think I did? You think I just, like, gave myself to chess? Or did I just keep playing checkers? Yeah, you just kept playing checkers. I wish I said I went to chess, but I didn't. Something in me didn't want that challenge, didn't want that shift, didn't want that change, didn't want the thing that I actually could have entered into. Like I said, my uncle was very good. 
won tournaments all over the place. Could have had that, could have entered into that. Okay, it's not about chess and checkers. Please understand this. <laughs> but the Lord's come to us over this last little while and said, I've changed the game. You're now called to play chess and no longer checkers. And I have to bring you back and start to teach you about this whole process. That's why things that we've done in the past haven't been working. Entering in the way we used to enter in just doesn't seem like it's fitting anymore. Doesn't seem like it's opening the same doors. What if, what if there was a door that locked a different way besides a key? And all you've had is a key ring your whole life. And he says, yeah, there's a different way to open that door. You have to put your hand on it and it recognizes your fingerprints, and then it opens. This is the metamorphosis. This is the change that we're entering into. I'm going to read a scripture, Luke 5. No one's there, it's fine. Chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, talking about Jesus, he stood by the lake of the Gennesaret. Very neat. And saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. So there's fishing boats. Guys are washing. They're done for the day is basically what it's saying. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Peter, and asked him to put out a little bit from the shore. And he sat down and taught the multitudes of the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. <laughs> when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with them were astonished at the catch which they had taken. And also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were, part, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be fishers of men. You see, as... We talk about changing the game and has changed the game. I want to put this out there. That it's always been about chess. It's always been the desire. It's always been the fullness. It's always what he's been trying to bring people into. Yet, we sit back and desire to play something else rather than the real game. 
And the word of the Lord says that while I say the words, I change the game, really what I'm saying is I'm putting you onto the game that I've set out from the beginning, which is that you would take dominion in the earth, which is that you would actually start to create something in the earth that hasn't been created, which is your place and your role and your dream and your desire and your passion. God has set out from the beginning of time to take his people and place them in a place to rule and reign on the earth. Yet I want to play checkers. I want to play checkers because at least I know it. At least it seems like I can get around it. At least people can look at me and say, hey, look at good of a checker player that guy is. If I went to go to chess now, what would I be? But really, we're looking at it the wrong way. We're looking at it through those finite eyes again. We're looking at it through the eyes of the spirit of this age. We're looking at it through eyes that says there's, you know, there's a, everything kind of fades away and everything dies and everything's rusty and old and, and you know, you, we're looking at it through eyes that die. But when we start to look at this stuff through eyes that are, are eternal, well, guess what? You realize that your actual desire and your dream has to been play, to play chess the whole time. That's what it's been. And so God is bringing us to a place where we have to be at the end of ourselves, where we have to lay down, where pounding the sticks on the ground just doesn't work anymore. And he lets us do it over and over and over and over again to say, hey, guess what? That key doesn't open that door. The next door requires something else. The next door has a greater requirement, and it won't be that. And I'm not saying that banging the sticks on the ground is bad. I'm just saying that the things that we do are usually relying on a default that has worked before for us at some point or some time. And because I know it, and because it feels safe, and because it feels like the checkers game that I know so well, well, if we just do this more, it'll probably work. But really, you've gone no step closer to playing chess. There's been no step made towards actually playing the game that he wants us to play. Let me... Sp <laughs> Again, you're like, well, what's the point then? Okay. There is a point. He had to get us to play checkers. We just couldn't play chess yet. He'd be like t teaching my three-year-old that. He starts to understand checkers right now that he can push the pieces onto different colored squares. Hey, look, I put them all in the same color. Great. <laughs> He's not ready for chess. And so the point is that, is that, yeah, you know what? Don't despise what he's had to bring us through. There's, you know, there's, and I, I always look at these. If you ever come up here and look, you can see the marks. Seriously, they're everywhere. These are marks that actually at one time broke something through, and they're a reminder to us. They're a reminder to us that says, hey, guess what? You did something well. I gave you a game to play, and you played it. 
and you did what I asked you to do, as ridiculous as it was at the time. Do you remember those times? Wow, this is crazy. This is so far out of what anything I've ever seen before, and yet we're doing it. And what does he do? He honors it. He honors it. Why? Why does he honor that? Why did he honor that thing? Why did he do it? Why did he get us to do that? What was the point? The point was he wanted us to take dominion. He wanted us to enter into something fully to see if we'd do it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get them to bang the sticks on the ground. <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining what God says. I'm going to get them to bang their sticks on the ground <laughs> to see if they do this. <laughs> wow, they're doing it. Because you've believed. Your faith has opened something up for you. Yet does it stop there? Is that the end? Is that it? We just say, okay, well, we did what the sticks did. Now what? What I'm here to say to us this morning and to myself, is that there is a whole new level. There is a whole new, new, new ah, realm. I don't even know how to say it. It's just so big. There's a whole new thing we must step into to open the next door. And that isn't a discouragement. You know what that says to us? And this is what it should say to us. It should say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. What you have more of, I will give you now even more. Because we were faithful with the game of checkers. Because we were faithful and learned the skills required to play that game. And he says, guess what? You've done it so well that I'm now going to teach you something even better. That's what. And so it should never feel as a discouragement. Well, what have we been doing this whole time? Why did we toil and anguish and, and bang those sticks so long? Because it was required. It was required. And it doesn't say that we won't bang them again. Maybe one day we will. If we're thinking that small, we're missing it. <laughs> There's something bigger. The point is... There's a bigger door to open that requires a different key. <clears throat> you see, what happened was the Romans came and started to conquer the land back in Jesus' day. Right? Come and sweep through uh, Asia and Europe, all those places, Come and conquer it, ruling over the place. What is Israel waiting for this whole time? The Messiah. What is the Messiah supposed to do in their minds? Rescue them from the Romans or whoever, whoever it is. Oh God, send us the Messiah so they can overthrow these evil captors. And Jesus comes on the scene humbly, in a manger, born to a carpenter and people of nondescript power, and comes and says, guess what? 
I'm here. He, he's not like David. It's kind of who they were hoping. <laughs> another David. He was another David, just to let you know. But he was thinking that, oh, guess what? I'm here on the scene, and I've come to conquer. Okay, where's your horse? Where's your chariots? You rode a donkey. <laughs> where's your horse? Where's your chariots? Where's your army behind you? Who are you going to cause to rise up and overthrow this evil empire? And he says, you know what? There's an evil empire that you've harbored in your hearts, and I've come to destroy that. Here's a warning. What happens if he comes this time? Will we see it? <laughs> they missed it. Like, let me say, those people were the ones that were supposed to know. We've heard this so many times, but they were the ones that were supposed to know, and they missed it. Back to the main point. Jesus comes and changes the game. You've been thinking too small. You think I've come to just free you from a kingdom that's going to fall apart in just a little while? You think I've come to just set you free from that cycle? I have come to set you free from death. I've come to set you free from something that would cause you not to be with me for the rest of your life. I've come for that reason. And he changed the game. He changed the game when he looked at the disciples, these guys that we just read about in the boat, and picked them. They weren't the ones that were supposed to be the leaders. They had their choice. They flunked out of school to become fishermen. They weren't the ones that were supposed to be leading anything. And he comes and says, I'm changing the game, and I'm going to use the ones that are counted out. And so he uses these guys. In fact, what he does, instead of pulling out the greatest of the great, he builds his whole church on a guy that denies him three times. <laughs> I'm going to build my whole, you're the rock, I'm going to build the whole church upon you. Me? <laughs> I mean, he might have liked that, but <laughs> do you see that there? I'm changing the game. Where does that leave me now, 2,000 years later, sitting here in Spruce Grove, Alberta, you know, we think it's a great place, but, you know, people on the other side of the world have no idea what this is. How do I fit into this picture? Where do I fit? What do I do? Seems like I want these things. Seems like I've, I feel like there's something more, but where do I go? What do I do? Anyone relate with that? God, we... We recognize that you're doing something in our midst. I, I don't understand it. I just, I just know that something has been changed and you want something more. You want something new. You want something fresh. I don't even know how to say it, but I know that there's a desire in your heart that we're meant to fulfill. 
And so God, whatever that is, whatever it takes, am I, I'm asking, am I willing to do it? And this is the question that I ask myself. Am I willing to give up this one thing for something else? Am I willing to give myself to learning a whole new game? Am I willing to really fulfill those desires? And so I stand here week after week, night after night, day after day, crying out, saying, God, you're worthy, you're glorious, you're, you're holy. I want to give you what it, what it takes. I want to give you everything. Yet I don't know where to start. I don't know how to do it. And then he says to you, guess what? You just did. See, that's where we're at right now. We think that there's this great, you know, kind of commissioning moment that has to come. The heavens have to open and a thousand angels have to come down and say, this is what you're supposed to do. But really all he's been looking for for, you know, thousands of years is a heart that is willing to cry out. A heart that is willing to say, I want to satisfy you. A heart that is willing to be full and fully free. And so we stand here today, roughly 2,000 years after Jesus came and walked on the earth. And we say, Lord, we are desperate for you. You know, I, I'm very good at feeling and sensing where um, people are at. And so I get overwhelmed sometimes with certain um, sides of the thing. And I'm, right now, just being honest, I'm really feeling overwhelmed with doubt. <laughs> and confusion. But... Rather than talk about those things, other than just to raise that right now, I'm going to talk about the things that will set us free. Okay? So, <laughs> unbuckle the seatbelts. You hear that? You ever gone like down the highway at like 180 kilometers an hour with no seatbelt? It's exhilarating. <laughs> unbuckle your seatbelt. Let's talk about things of above. God, we recognize your creation around us. We look to the mountains and to the trees and to the rivers and to the lakes and to the wildlife, to the plains, to the stars above, to the, to the Milky Way pouring through the night sky, to, to fires of green and purple and red that flare up over the northern and southern parts of the globe. We look to these things and we say, wow, they're beautiful. Yet we say that they're small in comparison to what you have in store for us. We say they're small in comparison to the creation that you've placed just in one human body. Every cell and every organism and everything that works together to cause one to grow, to cause a cut to heal, to cause hair to grow, to, curl, to cause eye color. It's far greater. And yet even so, pales in comparison to the creation that you desire your people to create. Everything looks gray in comparison to what you have. 
Everything looks gray in comparison to what you can breathe out. And we desire that. I talk with people all the time that talk about the, the nature of things and how beautiful things are. And I stand there and I say, yes, it's beautiful, but there is something so much greater. There is something so much more beautiful. It's when, and it, this isn't even, not even talking about God at the moment. I'm just talking about when someone opens their heart and lets you see what's in there. It's more beautiful than all of those things. And if that's so beautiful, if that's so great, why, why, why do we not see that God for eternity has been opening up his heart to us? There's nothing that's been more beautiful. There's nothing that's been greater. And so we stand here on the earth and we say, God, how do we enter into that beauty? How do we enter into that heart? And he reminds me time and time again that I'm teaching you the things you need to know so that you can fully come in. Pastor Mark is an amazing spiritual leader and has helped me through many, many things. Giving me little tools and things to do. Just do it. I know you don't see the end of it yet, but just do them. And I'm like, okay, fine. And so recently he's learning how to do things on social media, and he's not good. <laughs> he's just not good at it. <laughs> and he's like, I, wanna, I want you to help me do like, the things you're doing, and like, to really, re I'm like, you just can't. You have to learn how to tweet first. <laughs> and when you do those things, I promise you something's going to open up. But right now, do that. And I feel the Lord saying that with us. There's, you know, there's many people that are very good at opening up into that place. But it isn't, I don't want anyone to feel disqualified in here. I don't want anyone to feel like I'm not a part of this, what he's talking about. I don't want anyone to feel that, okay? And so what I'm going to say is, is that the things that he's getting you to do right now and push you just even a little bit outside is where you need to be. And if your heart is actually, and you know your heart, I don't know your heart, I know mine. If your heart is actually fully open to allowing him to teach you that new thing, then you'll learn it. That's it. Don't be, beat yourself up. Don't lay in bed, and I can see it right now. People laying in bed awake because I just don't get it. Don't do that anymore. Allow yourself to start to let that stuff in, out. Anyone creative here? <laughs> Myrna. <laughs> you are. In fact, you're creative in ways that you haven't even discovered yet. And the Lord says that, Myrna, I've called you to actually create something. And while you think, well, I don't paint, I don't draw, I don't do this stuff, the Lord's saying that you've been called to create um, atmosphere. And um, just like lightning can come and like burn through and you can smell something and it creates this like 
electricity in the air. You're actually called to be that. That's why you like white so much. And so you're called to actually be a lightning bolt that comes and changes, burns through an ozone. It'll create a smell. Oh, that's what you're meant to do. That's creative. So are you creative? <laughs> we all are because we've been created. It was someone, it was her. <laughs> yes, you're walking. <laughs> What's your name? Kayla? Kayla, the Lord's got a word for you. You want to hear it? Okay. Uh, you are creative. I don't know if you do anything yet. Do you do any kind of artistic stuff? Okay. Do you ever want to? The Lord's actually going to give you an amazing grace, and it's like, it's like things are just going to make sense, and you'll be able to put them out on some form of medium. I see drawing and I see painting, but it's actually more than that. I, maybe writing. Maybe writing. Yeah? Okay. So writing, um, I see the other things too helping that, but I really feel the Lord wants to increase your writing. And he wants to actually give you, um, it's like, let's say there's like an internet cord that's plugged into a certain part of heaven and it's coming down and you can grab hold of that. The Lord wants you to know right now is if you will lean into him and ask him to come and fill you in a way that maybe you didn't even know was possible, you're going to start seeing these things and your writing is going to become more creative than you've ever thought. All right? Jeremy, the Lord says that um, you've touched on things, you've touched on realms of things, you even uh, smelled and sensed breakthrough. Um, yet, <laughs> I can see the, it's always like something snapping over here, and you're like, want to look at it because it's shiny. The Lord says that he's actually, if you want this, this is actually something that if you want it, uh, he can put blinders on you that you'll only be able to see him, that you won't be distracted by the things on the side, and it's actually, a, it's, it's, it requires your um, uh, allowance. So you actually have to say, Lord, Give me these things so that I only see you. And so he's saying that that is open to you uh, if you want that thing. And then you're going to watch something change in your life. I'm actually going to say that uh, Jeremy, I actually know Jeremy, and Jeremy's very creative. And uh, there's been a stifling that's been around it because of these things that are distracting. The Lord says that he wants you to expand in that creativity. He wants you to actually draw more than you ever have. I actually see blisters on your fingers because you've been drawing so much. So, Lord, right now, I just pray that, uh, that um, you would give Jeremy the grace that he needs to make the choices he needs. Why? You ever ask why? Let me say that there is an answer. I say, he, if you ever ask why again, Come back to the beginning. I created Adam and Eve have dominion on this place. And my whole purpose is to bring that back. And he's going to. And he can use us. Amen. So he's changed the game. But it's been the game he's always wanted us to play. I don't know if chess is the end. 
kind of think it isn't. I kind of think there's a game even greater than that. I don't know yet. All I know is I'm supposed to play chess now. And so, Lord, I pray over this body that you would give us the grace to be able to actually learn this. That the things, the defaults from checkers, that we wouldn't grab onto those anymore, that we'd let them go. And that we would actually start to learn the keys required to open this new set of doors. As a body, together. And allow that creative beauty that I've seen week after week come from so many of you by just opening your hearts. God, I pray an increase of that. Uh, a safety and a freedom to do that more fully. I can even see, like, <laughs> Steph. Uh, <laughs> Steph, um, actually, when she moves, she opens something up. And I talked to her last week because she's like, why did you keep looking at me? It was because I actually felt that if she danced, she would open something up. And I'm not saying that just you have to dance now. I'm just saying that God is going to open you up to a place that dancing won't even be an issue. All right. <laughs> Jen, oh boy. Jen, uh, you opened up, I think it was last week. Was it last week? Yeah. It was last week and clearly it touched something else. Clearly it was something else. The Lord says is that that is actually going to be um, so normal. <laughs> it's going to be so normal that... that um, the next time you touch that thing like you touched on, people are just going to like, I don't know if melt is the right word, but that's what I kind of see, melt. Jim, I had a dream about you last night. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, I know Jim is actually really creative, um, but there's a creativity that's coming that is, um, man, it's hard for me to put into words because I see structure to it. And when I think of creativity, <laughs> I think of no structure. <laughs> but there's a structure to this creativity that it's like, it's like intricate, it's like building like the bow tower in Calgary out of toothpicks and it being stronger than it is right now. Like it's that much of a gift to be able to use something that, that is like a material that shouldn't be used and you're able to construct this massive thing uh, and it be stronger than it would with any other material. Whew. That's good. I want to see that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Steve. Uh, I know that you and Carolyn have felt for years that you're called to, um, what did you say? Missions? <laughs> Evangelism? What was it? Yeah, there, there is a opening that's about to take place where you are going to actually have a great deal of influence. And I don't know if it's here or, you know, in other countries or other nations or things, but I just feel a door opening really wide, and it's been because of your willingness to step forward more and more and more right now. And uh, the Lord says that because of that, I'm actually opening, and I've been preparing this door for like 17 years, and uh, uh, it's about to be open to you. Steve prophesied a similar thing over me once. It was really good. <laughs> Mark Lesky. Uh, the Lord says that your faithfulness is actually uh, your greatest strength. 
and where you haven't felt faithful, he's saying that, actually, no, you are. And, uh, and you are actually a rock. And I say that specifically, a rock. That uh, when things come and kind of try to push you over, they can't. Uh, and yeah, you're you know, a solid guy. Uh, it isn't, it's more in the spirit, actually, I see, that even the waves of like, life crashing against you, and it feels like sometimes you're wavering, the Lord says, because of your faithfulness, I've made you a rock, and just, it just can't move you. And so, so um, allow your rockiness. <laughs> I actually see you as a rock that can grow, a growing, alive rock. That's weird, but that's exactly what I see. I see you actually growing in a rock, and then people will come around you and actually, like, well, what, where's Mark in this? Oh, Mark's a rock. He ain't being shaken. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Does anyone feel like a little bit more life? Anyone not, <laughs> anyone not feeling life right now? Ryan. Lord says this. I talked to someone else this week. Keep listening. I talked to someone else this week about not being able to sleep, and I used to never be able to sleep, and it was because I realized that I wasn't actually allowing myself to pour out what God had been putting into me, and I'd been stifling it, and the Lord, I know this is rough, but the Lord says that you've actually been stifling what he's put in you, and so um, it's not like don't freak out and say, oh my gosh, just say, okay, how do I pour this out? I want to open up my heart and start to pour this out, and so start to pour out what you love. Does that make sense? I know that's really simple, but that's exactly what I feel he's saying. Just pour out what you love to do. Just pour it out and see what happens. It's like, it's like, like Nikki knows. Like if I don't go out and like start taking pictures of things and like start creating stuff, like I get cranky. I get really cranky. But I just gotta pour out what I love. Sometimes I love to, you know, I love to do a lot of things, but but uh, that's amazing. People are like, how do you love so many things? Why not? <laughs> Someone prophesied over me one time and said, uh, Derek is a racehorse, and you can use him as a workhorse. But, like, taking a racehorse and using it a as a workhorse, it will never do a good job as a workhorse. And you're, you're ruining him for what he's able to do. And uh, many of us, we've been... I walked in this. A lot of us have walked in this. We feel that... I have to be a workhorse. That's what God made me to do. And so all the time, your, bones, your, your spiritual bone structure, everything about you is not designed to be a workhorse. So uh, wh what God has designed you to do, move in that thing, re respond to that thing. Thank you, Lord. So anyone that has like issues around their like, uh, intestines, Liver. Yeah, he's got the gallbladder thing. Yes, what? Okay, I mean, like I'm talking, like, is liver cause that? Oh, okay. Anyone else with like liver stuff? Yeah, all right. Okay, stand up for a second. Put your hand on your liver. I don't really know where that is. <laughs> We're just going here. <laughs> Holy Spirit, let your hand come and sweep through that and clean that liver out. 
Fullness in Jesus' name. Fullness. Wow. See if there's a change. Actually, document if there's a change. Start writing it down, okay? So I'm, I really feel that that was something that was, was pretty important. You need your liver, right? Like, it's pretty important. <laughs> all right. God. Well, I mean, we could stand here all day and do this. Um, but let me say this. You can do... Yeah, what's that? But Steve has something. Let me say that you guys can do this all day. Right? It, what makes me so special? Yeah, God's called me to do things, but... Really, same spirit is at work here. So you can do this all day. And if that's what you feel, like, hey, God, I feel that someone has, like, back issues. Don't even worry about who it is to start praying. God, release this person, whoever that is. And so uh, see where it goes. Here, Steve. Uh, Last night, Carolyn and I went out for a date. We were sitting at dinner having a chat. Dinner being like 10 o'clock because we had to get all our kids put to bed. Anybody know how that is, Benny? Yeah. And somewhere in our conversation it came out, um, when, a, when a person is conceived, day one, life begins. I don't know that we know when God places that spirit in the person. When did that spirit begin? Maybe somebody else knows that. I don't know. So when God takes that spirit from heaven and goes into this new being that is being created in the womb, that spirit comes with an identity, with a purpose, with a call from God, really. And that child comes into the earth and similar to Derek's picture, the constraints of life get thrust upon that infant and then onto that child and then onto that young adult and onto that adult. And life takes a shape that may or may not have been intended. A destiny revealed or a destiny somehow forgotten, buried, if you will. And I believe that in these days, what Jesse was talking, what he was revealing here, there is a connection that God is doing between that purpose that God has given to that spirit man that is inside of you and the tent that it dwells within coming into alignment. Where the purposes of God that are, that are upon that spirit man are, are literally taking form in your physical being. I believe that is the nature, what Jesse was just revealing or uh, walking in with healing. Healing is simply going to take place because there is an alignment between that spirit man and our physical bodies. The destiny of that body is not to be sick or to be injured or to be defective in any way. And so God is drawing this alignment between our flesh and the spirit. What took place this morning in worship was very interesting, profound, if you will. And yet it felt so basic and so simple. Who felt it was maybe elementary? 
I had a picture, I don't know, a week or two ago of us swimming the base of an ocean and it's time to go higher. But there was caverns. And so we were swimming up this cavern towards the light to realize that the cavern got too small and we, we couldn't get through. We must get through soon because we're getting depleted of air. We had to swim back down to the depths to be able to come back up a different route. Some of us are going through that in real time right now. We thought we had a direction. We thought we had a course. And we have to rewind that thing, rebuild, retool, start again. But God is doing something awesome in our midst. And our worship on Sunday mornings is a piece of what God is changing in that. There is a new sound coming and a new anointing of power upon that sound that will break principalities. It's not going to sound like the old sound. It's going to be a new sound. And how do we get there? We don't have a clue. But God is going to take us by the hand and walk us step by step as we allow him to do that. This morning was strange. I feel like God is restraining different ones in our body to go, this isn't about, you know, Steve opening some realm up through worship. This isn't about Jesse opening up some realm through speaking. This isn't about, you know what? We are all going there together. God is placing an anointing on this body to come into agreement and simply enter. Where before we had to work. We did. That was part of the process. We cannot undermine the scars on this floor and many of your hands. <laughs> that was for real and that was, that was necessary. But what God is taking us into is where we simply arrive because the work has been established within us. So, Father, have your way in our midst. If there is something that we want here, it is we want you to be honored. We want you to be glorified. We long that you be lifted up. In this house and in this land. Father, we speak to each one here that is coming into their identity. The understanding of what their purpose was. What their purpose is what the destiny and the call upon their life is to be fulfilled. The alignment between the spirit man and the physical, the natural. We call for that alignment today in Jesus' name in each life of every person in this room. Coming into a dynamic understanding of the identity of God upon our lives. The purposes of God that must be fulfilled through my sound and through your sound. So Father, every encumbrance in Jesus' name, whether it be in the natural, in our minds, in the realm of the Spirit, whether it be principalities or powers, every encumbrance broken off today in Jesus' name. We must soar 
we must ascend. And we must align with the will of God in our, in our life and in our body, in our land. In Jesus' name, we, re- we release the Holy Spirit in our midst to do the work that only you, God, can do. We submit to your process. Painful as it might be, we come under. And we rest knowing that your covenant is towards us. To write your name upon our hearts. We bless you, Jesus, and we honor you. We worship you. We give you glory. For you alone are worthy. Worthy, worthy. Your bride will arise. Spotless and pure. We just released that revelation this morning of the bride of Christ. The identity of what that bride looks like. A beautiful warrior. Amen. Just in closing that, what he just said at the end there, why we talk about this, it's because he's preparing a bride. He's preparing something beautiful for himself, and that's what this takes. And so there's actually a lot in that. Why we do all the stuff, why we, he's preparing us for something. God, right now we just say, we, we accept this call. We accept this gift. We accept this mandate that you've placed on us, that you're preparing us for a time. You're preparing us for a season. You're preparing us to be a bride that is going to be beautiful and spotless and white, that can receive a bridegroom, that a bridegroom can look at and say, yes, that is perfect. That is beautiful. That is what I want. And so, Lord, right now, what that takes, we say we submit ourselves to that process. We say that we, pre- we go into the preparation room and allow the work of the Holy Spirit to start dressing us and fixing us and, and causing us to try things and experiment things and create things. We say that we go into that room and we say, let your work be done in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Bless you.